Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fully Booked, the Hidden Gems author podcast in which Craig Dutch and myself, Roland Hume, chat to some of the leading lights and interesting figures in this crazy industry of writing and self-publishing. And today we are delighted to have a very special guest, DC Gomez, who she describes herself as a fast-talking, quirky Dominican. Many other people might know her as a USA Today best-selling author. Thank you so much for coming in to join us today. We are so excited to speak to you. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, gentlemen. Such a pleasure to be here with you. Oh, well, we are thrilled to get to chat to you. And of course, we wouldn't be here without the man himself, Craig Touch, the owner and founder of Hidden Gems and an author himself. How are you doing today, Craig? Doing great. Thanks, Roland. Uh, welcome to the podcast. So if uh, if we were to ask you about, you know, yourself and your, you know, the books that you write and what you do, um, how would you, you know, give us that longer not quite elevator pitch but the longer pitch of, of everything that you uh, that you do i usually tell people i'm the writer who wants to inspire entertain and motivate people all at the same time and i know that sounds extremely weird and hard because i'm like how do you do that so i write a multiple genres i do everything from urban fantasy to children's to devotional so you can put all that in there and what i found out is my goal is always to write the passions that come to me and be able to provide it to people in a way they can digest it, they can have fun. If they're looking for a message, you will find it. If not, you're going to have an amazing story that's going to keep you just smiling. Like my goal is always just to kind of entertain people and help them realize that everything's a little easier when you go inside a book. That's true. That's true. And that sort of like leads into the idea of what we wanted to talk today about because, you know, you want to do um, – discuss the idea of how authors can connect to their readers right and so if you're writing inspirational and you're writing you know stuff that's passionate with you right away you're going to be connecting much better with your with your audience but i think we're talking um about you know sort of a different way of authors connecting with their audience versus that more traditional way which is the idea of you know the social building out your social proof aside from your books, but, you know, doing interviews, uh, writing articles, coming on podcasts, all that stuff to, to sort of like, what is, what the benefit that gives an author um, to towards, you know, building up the, you know, you know, the, the trust, the, 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 like being known to uh, readers as opposed to just somebody, this faceless person who writes a book. Right. So what are your thoughts on that? It's interesting how much the world has changed. You know, back in the day, everybody wanted to be a writer, be behind the scenes, write the book, put the book out and have people just fall in love with it. And you probably know, for instance, you're an author yourself. That is not happening anymore. Like people are not that interested just on the book. They want to know what's behind the scenes. They want to know the author as a person. They want to know, A, what are your principles? What are your values? What are you bringing to the table? And at the same time, you know, we're now seeing this wave in social media about problematic authors. Where do you fall in line? What does that mean? So as an author, especially a lot of us who are introverts, this is very terrifying. Like, how much do I put myself out there? What does that mean? And when it comes to social proofing, it's not so much how much you put out there, it's how authentic you are with the things that you put out. And there's a huge difference. You know, how authentic do you come to the screen? How open are you? Or are you always looking like you're reading from a script? You know, you can practice things, but at the same time, people can read fake and people can read fake very quickly. You can tell when somebody is just rehearsing or when somebody doesn't mean something. There's something about that vibe that comes. So for an author these days, you have to be aware that that piece of you that's personal that's related to your book 
is going to be needed to start connecting with people because they're not just interested in buying a book from this nameless person. Now you have to connect with them at a very authentic, what I call a very soul level, if that makes any sense. That does. I I think you're absolutely, oh, I was going to say you're absolutely right in terms of, I was thinking the last five books that I bought, I've bought those books because of the author, whether I've interacted with them on social media, whether I know something about them. And it is, it's like, you know, you want to have a really strong concept. You want the book to have a beautiful cover and look professional, but that missing the secret source seems to be some kind of connection with the author. It is changing the dynamics that we interact. It's changing how we see this new landscape completely. And you're going to see something on social media. And it's interesting because the last couple of books that I bought is because I've been on TikTok lately. And I have finally let myself be on TikTok. It's just let that quirkiness comes out, which is a lot in case anybody hasn't noticed. And people are like, oh my God, you're so cute. And I'm like, what? Do I, I want to be an author. Do I want to be cute? And I realized, okay, I'm quirky. <laughs> Like my books are quirky. Like, why am I fighting who I am? But is I have still this perception that I had to be an author, you know, looking like, you know, I need to sit there and be straight. Be, you know, that's not what people are looking for. They're looking to connect because they want to know why you're creating this amazing universe. Are you still real? You know, are you still connecting? Are you writing this for me? Or is this just to feel your ego? So it has changed right now. And you're going, oh, are we ready for that? And a lot of people are not. Now yeah, you're very oh, sorry. I'll shut up. I was just gonna say, no, no. I was just gonna say like I think it's true because you know you were saying earlier, uh, well, a few things like one, you know, people do want that connection, and that's something that I learned a long time ago when I first started Hidden Gems. Um, you know, I never even I never even signed my name. You know, when I when I sent emails out, I always just wrote Hidden Gems or whatever like that, and you know, eventually. I was getting responses from people saying, who, who is this that I'm talking to? They just, they just wanted to know my name. It's not like I had to give them my biography or whatever, mm-hmm. but you know, they want that personal connection. And then, you know, as well, what you were saying about, um, you know, not being authentic and not being scripted. That's the whole reason with this podcast that um, often authors, when they're coming on, they'll ask if I have like a, you know, a set of questions or whatever that I can send them. And I, it's not the way I like to run it. Like I like to just, have this informal conversation and let things Mm -hmm. go organically wherever they're going to go. And if that sometimes means that, you know, the intention of what we thought that the podcast was going to be about ends up changing, that's fine, you know, because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's where the conversation took us and that's where it was, it was interesting. If it wasn't interesting, we would have, you know, tried to course correct, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, in general, I think that that is really, really important because it's just, it's, it's so much um, more authentic that way than than sitting there and being like, okay, so uh, back in 1847, uh, you wrote, <laughs> I guess not 1847, but anyway, so yeah, I think I really, really agree with uh, with that that sentiment for sure. I was going to say you're very you're very out there. I mean, if you go to your website and look at your upcoming events, there are like nine different events you're you're going to before the end of the year. One of the things I did this year, very strategically, I have decided this was going to be my exploration year and be strategic and being intentional. Like these, I, I don't make New Year's resolutions, but I have key words that I'm focusing on. And those were the words that I wanted to do this year because I'm going back to square one and figuring out what was working, what didn't work, what needs to go. And I realized I can go to an event and sell books being in person because it's not about me. It's literally about the books and it's about the person there. Like, any single time, and I say this and people kind of giggle at me, like every time I do a TikTok, I'm doing a happy dance. People don't have a 
they do not have to come and talk to us. They don't have to tell us or they like our books. They don't have to tell us they want to talk. They want to know anything about it. So when somebody takes their time and you go into an event and there's 30, 50 authors and you take the time to be like, look, I want to talk to that crazy Dominican over there because she <laughs> can't stop smiling. You know, it makes you want to be, okay, I'm here. I want to give you the Disney experience. Somebody quoted that to me and I was like, oh, wow, that is amazing. I wanted you to understand that you showing up to this event means something. That you being here is amazing. That you buying this book, that you taking a chance on an author that you have never heard of. It's incredible. And it doesn't matter how many times I do it. Like, I still feel like a kid in Candleland. I'm like, you get the butterflies, you know, you set up a table, you're like, what am I going to do? Every single time. I have done over 50 events <laughs> at any given time, and I'm still getting those butterflies. And I'm like, does the table look good? And I take pictures, not because I'm bragging. It's just like, does it look good? Like somebody else, tell me, give me a check. Because it's about that experience. And I realized the moment that I stopped trying so hard to look perfect, to, did the curls work out today? Like, I'm going, okay, did, did, do I have lipstick? To, and I stop and realize they don't care. They're taking this moment to be present and can I be there with them? And by the time I'm done, I'm usually exhausted because you're present, you're trying to be there. So this year is all about those events. I'm going places that I've never been. And granted, one of them has to be my hometown of Salem, even though I live in Texas, but I've never done an event in Salem. So I want to connect with people, be able to be in different places and figure out what worked, what didn't work, what can I do better, meet other authors, but show up to that place and give a little more. I've been to events that I've met authors and you're going, mm, okay, so are you here? Do you want me to be here? Do you want to talk to me? And that's the part I never want to be. I want to be the person that you want to be like, I feel like she was here just for me. And that every single person that comes and talks to me feels that way. If that makes, you know, that impact to them. Yeah, sure. I, I think, so do you characterize yourself as an extrovert then? Nope, not even no. close. Okay. Well, it's funny because you said, I, I kind of felt that way because you were saying you, you do these events and then you come out and you're exhausted, right? And that is something that introverts often feel like, you know, you can you can be extroverted, but it okay. takes so much more out of you. Whereas an extrovert would go to these events and they'd be invigorated by it a lot of the times. But it's the introverts that go and they, they have to act like extroverts. And, you know, a lot of times people don't know and they say, wow, this person's so outgoing. But then they come home and they collapse because it, it took a lot out of them. And like you said before, a lot of authors are introverts. It's nothing to do with, you know, I'm definitely not an extrovert. If you ask me what my happy place, which is why I write, it's on my couch writing every single time. Like I'm going to be happy in that space. But I also understand that sometimes it's letting that public person. The first event I ever did, major convention, I did Comic Palooza in Texas. And this is why I tell people, be authentic and be there. Is my first day I sold one pen. I think I made $5. It was a three-day event. I got back to the hotel and I cried. But I was so self-conscious. I was so lost in my thoughts and what people are going to think and everything else that I didn't talk to a single person that walked by my table. And I had to seriously pump myself up. Like I had to give myself the pep talk and be like that, you know, coach, what are you doing? Get out of your way and get myself in front and literally had a transformational day the following day. Being able to, I think we saw like $800 the next day. Wow. But yes, it was Granted, the next day, if you ask me by nine o'clock, I was dead. Like, I was gone. Like, Sunday, I was like a zombie. I'm like, I think we're here. I don't know what happened. But it was able to be like, if I was a person coming to this event and I walked by this table, what would I want this person to talk to me? You know, I don't want you to ask me, you know, like, hey, you want to read my book? Because that's terrifying. 
you know, I wanted to know why you're here. Who did you come? Who did you came to see? Like, what got you to this event? What got you to Comic Palooza? And in, I was either passing out little pens. I said, you know, I have a cat in my books. This is Constantine for president. And people were like, okay, what? Talk to me. And being able to switch the narrative around. And a lot of the times we forget that people just want to have a conversation. They, they don't want to be interviewed. They don't want to be drilled about buying something. They just want to have a conversation with somebody that looks like having a good time. When did you first decide to do this, to, to go out and expose yourself? Sorry, phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of by accident. It's, I, one of the, and then my story is one of those, I think many authors are related. I found myself in a place that I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I wasn't doing my purpose. I wasn't following my dream. I wasn't writing. I wasn't being creative. So I wrote the book. Fast forward about six, eight months. I have, I think I have two books at a time and you're going, okay, so you have books. Now what do you do with it? My brother and my sister-in-law are big into comics and they're all into this space. And they had a small comic in my town in Texarkana. I was like, and I looked at them because I have no idea. I've never done one. I've never been to one. It's like, should I do this? And they're like, yeah, go for it. It's very different going to a convention as a participant as it is like an exhibitor. Should have asked more questions, but nor here or there. Decided to do this. And there was like nobody, like 20 people showed up. and was like, oh my God. But I would have the best blessing of my life to be paired next to another author who had been doing it for years. Jeremy had been to tons of convention, big one, small. He draws, he had the best perspective. And I was honestly, without thinking, picked up a mentor who literally coached me and said, this is what you need to do. Yes, you can do author events, but you can think outside the box. You can do comic cons. You can do all of this. And got me interested like two months later to do Comic Palooza. And it was like, once I figured out that, A, you can have fun, you can meet incredible people and you can just have a blast. It clicked. I can tell you that that's been... Ooh, six years, six or five years in the making. And some of my super readers, I met at conventions and I met those beginning events and they have followed me. Like I've gone to events in the Houston area and it's like five hours from my house. And I have people that would drive and be like, so we came to see you. And I'm like, you have my books. Why are you here? It's like, we missed you. And it's coming home to family. And I think that's the part of the author experience once we realize how amazing it is, but it's also not for everyone. And that's okay. If that contact makes you nervous, don't do it because it doesn't get better. It just gets bigger. If that's something people have, like, if you're not feeling comfortable, my thing is do what makes you feel comfortable and let that come out. And that's what people are going to appreciate. Yeah. And how do you think going to these events face to face for six years, you said, has, has changed the trajectory of your career? Completely. It has completely made me miss them. Like COVID was horrible for me. Like I was so used to going places and you only could do small ones with very limited people. It has made me very comfortable in front of a camera, which is kind of amazing. It finally got me to understand that the person that needed to show up was the person going to those events. Like TikTok is that person going in. Is that side of me that people do fall in love with. It is that person that is extremely cheesy. Let's be honest. I'm a cork 24-7 that has a blast in the smallest things, but it also gave me a perspective in terms of the business side of being an author. Let's be honest, like my mind, I always see us as you have the artist, you know, that's the one that kind of comes out with these ideas. You have the craft, that's the person who's going to sit there and edit like a maniac. And then you have the business. Like at some point in time, you still have to sell books. You know, if you're not in, I hear a lot of people tell me, it's like, I wrote this for me and I don't care if anybody buys. That's a diary. Like that's not a book. <laughs> You can have diaries. That's okay. 
But if you're trying to sell books, then you have to give this business side the same respect you give your craft and your art. You have to still treat it with the same passion in order to connect. Like at the end of the day, if we're in a business of selling books, you have to find your readers and you have to find that tribe or else you're just pushing stuff into the ether and hopefully somebody finds it. That's so interesting. And what's changed about yeah. the way you write and you do business since you started interacting with people? It's a lot faster if you could possibly imagine there's a lot less bluff i think i have to be much more i'm much more strategic with my time because i don't have a lot of it when you go to conventions you literally got 30 seconds to connect with somebody and then you get maybe three minutes to make a sale or get them interested in the book so you become much more to the point you don't have a lot of time to philosophize. you ask about the elevator pitch it's one line because that's all that you have. You know, it is that connection that has to be instant. It is like going on a first date. Within 30 seconds, you're going to know, mm, I want to date this person. And I'm like, mm, this is not going to work out. It's dating an author or dating that book. So it's becoming much more impactful. It's much more to the point. And my books are definitely much more niche, which I never thought. Like, we all say we write for everyone. No, we don't. There is a niche. And that's once we embrace it, that community comes. It takes a little while, but it comes. That's, so when people come up uh, and they, they are obviously drawn to your bright and bubbly, quirky, fast-talking Dominican personality and they see your books, what is your, your pitch about your books? First thing I want to know from them is, do you read fantasy or not? Do you like magic or not? Because I write a multiple genre, which is kind of fun. So then I know where to direct them. So I have people that have come because I used to have a poster with my picture on and like I saw that smile and I wanted to talk to you. It was like, interesting, weird. Hello, what you need? <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird when people tell you that, like, oh, it's like your smile looks so warm. And then you turn around to look at the poster, like, does it really? Oh, okay, that's even better. So you have, I have to literally go, what do you want? And usually if they fall into that, I have people says, I like romance. And usually my next thing is, that's great. Two tables down, I have a friend who writes romance. <laughs> Just go that way. I am not going to be the person who's going to try to pitch in my book. The moment you tell me, well, I like historical romance, I, I literally would stand there with them like, well, let's look at this place. Let me help you find somebody. They're like, really? It's not about a sale. It's about finding your tribe and knowing who your tribe is and knowing that as fun and exciting as you might be, you're not their writer. And that's okay. You just need to help them find somebody else. Yeah, I mean, you're writing these books uh, for yourself almost as much as for the audience, right? And you, and so you want to find people that like it because they like what you like. You're finding your ideal, you know, avatar, as everybody calls it. And sometimes your ideal avatar is a version of you. So I love urban fantasy. I love action. My heat level in the books is pretty low. The language is fairly clean, PG-13, give or take. So it can go anywhere from young adults and higher, depending on it. I do have some themes like my cat lady special. I wouldn't recommend it to a kid primarily because I have like a depressed arm lady terms arms dealer. Let's be honest. Not so much for them. <laughs> I did say I write quirky. So that's usually my thing when somebody comes and says, you know, my question is to them goes, what do you like to read? Do you like dark humor? And if they're going, well, no, then I'm like, okay. I have a lot of people come say, I read true crime. And I was like, okay, I don't don't know how to help but we'll find somebody and uh, it has become that kind of fun event is because i enjoy connecting readers to that book because they're going to fall in love 
and I have people that come in to say hi. I have a couple that came to a couple of my events and they never bought a single book, but they ended up buying t-shirts from me. And I was like, okay, sounds like a plan. It's like, you're so cool. I was like, I just don't read. I'm like, here's my postcard. If you find somebody that reads my books, give it to them, go for it. And it was still a great conversation. I was no longer having to feel to justify myself that I didn't sell a book. It just wasn't for them. And I let myself be. <laughs> and you got to wonder why somebody who doesn't read is at a reading conference or writer's conference. But, you know, regardless. Somebody dragged them there. You know that. They fear <laughs> for moral support. And right. Their friends are shopping and they're just wandering around like I'm just going to hang out. So, okay, so like for authors that don't, you know, that are more introverted than you, I know you are introverted, but, but you know, not everyone can push themselves to do these more bigger in-person events. Even myself, like I, I'm not a fan of public speaking in general. A podcast like this is fine, but, you know, getting up and standing in front of a bunch of people, you know, my body doesn't like it. <laughs> You know, as much as in my head, I think it should be fine. And my heart starts pounding and, you know, but um, so for, for people that are, are not like that, you know, what are some of your other thoughts about how they can make those audience connections? Here's something that most people never think about. Find yourself an extrovert buddy. A, that's a reader and likes your books and it'll be a cheerleader. I have friends that have done it amazingly, whether it's a spouse, a friend, a PA, find somebody that comes to you that's going to sell you to that person. It doesn't have to be you selling the books. You just have to be there to once the conversation starts. It's, you know, introverts are good at one-on-one. We might not be the first ones to make the first move, but if you have somebody there that can kind of get that door open, most authors tend to jump in and just start talking. You just have to find that person that will help you. You know, get a wingman. Get a wingman that enjoys what you do. And if they don't know much about it, teach them. Like, (laughs) Reach him. Here's the pitch for this book. Here's what you got for that. So my fiance is amazing. He's like, I need the elevator pitch for all of your books in case you go to the bathroom. I was like, sounds like a plan. So my brothers have done it as well. But it is always very much when you're starting out and you're trying to figure out what do I do and how do I get there? How do I connect? Sometimes having somebody else who is not you, because we do feel like we're selling. We're very self-conscious of what are people going to think about me? They, are they going to think I'm, you know, I use sales cars, you know, trying to sell them. And they get very subconscious and stop talking. And instead, you know, they sit in a chair and they get very small and they have their own book or a phone. Instead of trying to make those connections, get somebody else. Don't be at the table by yourself. It is terrifying because then you feel like I'm spending three hours and I'm not talking to a single person. And I look like that kid in the high school is in the corner of the like cafeteria. No, get a friend. You are allowed to bring friends with you. And what is the process like? You, I don't, How do you go about picking an event that you're going to go to, first of all? Don't do what I do and say, <laughs> and have people say, hey, you want to come? And you say yes. And then you realize, oh, wait, this is a romance convention. I don't write romance. I should have thought about this too. So don't do that. Ideally, find a convention that matches your genre. Um, one of the things that I try to explain to authors that kind of to put your expectations in place. If you have going to establish conference, it can take some time to get in just because there have a lot of people trying to compete. If it's a smaller one, find out how much advertising they're going to do and how much is the author responsible for advertising. Because here's the reality of it. If you're going to a convention with 30 people and it's 30 very unknown authors, even if you get 100 people in that room, you might not sell books. Every single person is not going to buy a book from every author. 
It's not going to happen. So you have to be very realistic. It's a big convention with a lot of authors that is bringing hundreds of people. You definitely, it's your chance to sell. If you're there and nobody's coming in the door or you have specific people going to authors, it can be very discouraging. So it is doing your research, finding out what is truly your genre and also asking other authors. Like I get calls a lot from my friends like, hey, what are you doing and how do you get there? And I'll send them the links. I'm like, hey, here's what is happening. Facebook is great for finding author events that are live, believe it or not, because it's gr- they have groups, they have event pages that you can go to. Now that everything is open up, you can find them anywhere. Just be aware that has it been around? Does the organizers know what they're doing? Is it going to be coordinated properly? Is it going to be advertised? Do they have a following? Or else you're going to find yourself spending a lot of money, buying a whole bunch of swag, and not having anybody at your table. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's sometimes there are events that are not really necessarily billed as author um, events specifically, but that doesn't mean you can't participate as an author. I, like I've been thinking about the, I went to a, um, a local street festival here uh, and, you know, walking through most of the people are, you know, they're, they're restaurants with some food or they're, you know, mortgage, bro, whoever, there's all sorts of stuff, but there was at least three different booths that were the authors, local authors that had brought their stuff and they were, they were just, doing this what you're describing they're just getting out there they're meeting people they're selling themselves and um i thought that was great it was it wasn't something that i even thought about as as a way to to get an author out there but it, it once i saw it i thought yeah that's that's really a good idea most authors never think of going at comic cons they're like they're not there they're going to be dressing up a, they're buying Comic Cons, they're buying comics, they're going to buy some books. So you'd be surprised how well you do. Some of the best events, believe it or not, like wine festivals and like beer festivals. And not just because they might be drunk and buying books, that's not the case. But they're there to buy. So you know they're already coming with the mindset they're going to be purchasing some stuff. So if you have something in a festival that is local, that is just not books, is going to get you such a diverse crowd that you'd be surprised how new readers you find. I joke that, like, don't pick a romance convention. I'm kidding. If you have something interesting, go. I have sold books at a romance convention because I don't write romance. So all the husbands that went with their wives and they weren't there at this romance convention, they're like, nothing's for me. They're like, oh, look, you don't have a romance book and nothing's pink. What do you write? So I have <laughs> been the one that everyone's like, hmm, you don't do that talk to me. <laughs> I was like, are you lonely? Like, what, what do you need? So I have sold books to everybody else who are there for moral support, but I do urban fantasy and I have magic and I have, you know, I've, I've been talking cat or I have the grandmothers who come with their daughters or, you know, moms and daughters who come in and I have children's books and they're like, oh, ooh, I need some of that. I have been to very spice conventions and it's interesting because a mom, daughter, you know, came together and it was the sweetest thing and the moms just looked at me she's like yeah i don't do that stuff and i had to giggle i was like erotica she's like yeah <laughs> i was like okay she's like look you have children's books i need a book i was like it will be okay there's something for everybody so never you find if you're starting out and you feel more comfortable find something that's your genre but then also experiment so craig you're absolutely right have some fun with it you'd be surprised where your next reader will come from yeah for sure and so uh, 
away from festivals then like you know so you're here on this podcast so that's that's one way you're getting out there like what other things have you done and and what do you sort of recommend for for authors that um want to do stuff like this but but not the festival route i am starting out something a little new that i was actually um encouraged to do by another author i'm doing live book readings on my different networks so we all have social media you don't have to go if you don't know where to find a podcast, which is a great way to connect to other people's audiences. You can do something of your own. So I have an author that I met in Florida who's amazing. She's like, I do a reading. Like she does a reading like every week in her Facebook page. And she's like, people get to hear me, get to hear a little bit about the book. And that helps connect. So she's like, I have seen increases in my sales when I do that. So you can do it on your socials. I decided to do all of once a month because I can't do one at a time. So it's just kind of being able to put the book out there and people can hear it again. So it's usually a great way. If you know any bloggers, it's a great way. So one of the things that is popping up hot for anybody who's on TikTok, you can do a TikTok tour. One of the things that we have is a lot of book talkers. And they want to connect with authors. So you can do a PR box yourself, connect with a talk, and they will do a box opening and they will talk about your books. So it's one of those things that you can do is slowly getting other people to talk about your books. That sometimes is a little easier than having us do it. And should be able to spread the word. So if you're able to go into blogs, if you're able to do a tour, Instagram still does it. TikTok is getting huge. And you're able to see a lot of movement and visibility in those ads. That's, now you've been doing this for six years you said to go yes. and now you hadn't written all of your books at that point had you if you I don't think you'd even finished yeah. the intern uh series yet not at all when I yeah. first started out it was one of those what do I do with this book because my question was is it even good <laughs> let's be honest like you're writing if nobody's reading it like is it even good does it even make sense why am I putting myself at this and then I figured out as I got out because I live in a very small town in Texas I was able to kind of judge what people thought. I was able to also define who my ideal reader was. So it gave me an opportunity to connect with people. It also kept me encouraged because somebody said, hey, when is the next book coming out? And I was like, oh, wait, you want that? <laughs> Seriously? What? What, what, what? Oh, okay. I need to go write. So it gave me an opportunity to not feel so isolated as an author because I was able to connect with readers who were expecting it. Another way that is really underrated that is like my top one is Get your own newsletter. Like start a newsletter that you can communicate. I have, and this is one of those topics that I have people either they hate or they love it. I don't know anybody who's lukewarm with newsletters. But one of the things that you have is control over your audience. And one of the things that this year is all about is getting people into my own ecosystem, is getting them into my network. So when TikTok decides to change an algorithm, Facebook doesn't want to put your ads out. Amazon refuses to push anything. You can still communicate with your tribe. And be able to send them. The one thing I have noticed with authors is we do not communicate with that newsletter on a regular basis or consistent. So basically, they just you only send them stuff every six months or whenever you have a new book. And then you ghost them. And so it comes across as spammy. So if you can get yourself in the habit of sending consistent messages to your readership and be okay that they're going to unsubscribe. You want that. You don't want people who don't want to be part of your tribe there because they just taken up the space. You really want to be able to grow that and nourish and keep it clean. So, yeah. So how what do you send them if you're not? So I have to figure out how to stay consistent because I am literally a creature of habit. So I do a Monday motivation. So every Monday, my newsletter is going to get a quote. 
a little passage from me. And it has become very funny because most of us don't think about replying back to a newsletter. I totally encourage it. And I have become very much, I got one quote at the beginning of this year that's getting me ready to do a Kickstarter because I love this. I read it. I read it to my kids when they're around. Why don't you put this into a book? And I was like, what? Like you want my quotes into a book? So I got really encouraged because throughout the last two years, people just have replied back like this really hit home. I really needed this. Thank you so much. And it's just less than what, a hundred words and a quote of something that relates that is something that is tangible. And it's easy. You can schedule them for the month. You can pick the quotes that you enjoy. You can reuse a quote after six months if it makes you feel better. So you have that. And then the second Saturday of every month, I have my newsletter come out. It's called the Chronicles of Constantine. Here's the fun part. It comes from the perspective of the talking cat. So a cat is sending you a newsletter because he's the main character of one of my many series. So he gives you an update on what DC is doing. And basically somebody told me, he's like, you know, Constantine just complains about you not writing. I'm like, really? Is that what my subconscious is telling me that I don't write? They're like, yeah. So he sends them an update. He tells them what his top YouTube picks for that month is. He sends them songs. And it's a really short, fun newsletter that I didn't realize how much people were expecting it until I went to an event. And the girl looked at me and said, Constantine didn't tell me you were here. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? He's like, I didn't get my Constantine update with your message of being here. I was like, oh, wow, people do read it. I need to pay attention to this now. So newsletters is a great way for you to control and build your own tribe. Wow, my cat Absolutely. needs to step up its game. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we talk about that all the time is, is having your own newsletter. And the, I mean, that's the best way to communicate with your audience. And, you know, you come up with a new book and it, you know, ends up everybody sees it sees it they they buy it all at once it helps your your um you know your rankings and stuff but at the same time we we also talk about you can't just send when you have a new book to sell because that's what is inauthentic that's what's spammy like you were saying uh-huh. like nobody wants to see that they want to see all that other stuff and they get used to you know looking forward to it and then constantine all of a sudden says hey dc just released a new book and now they're paying attention right as opposed to if you only send that stuff they're just ignore it usually we get to the point that you know depending on your authors i have a couple of them that will send newsletters almost every other day i was like well too much like that's too much yeah. for me like i was like i need a balance I have one that sent like every Friday and I'll give you an update. And then their newsletter at the bottom has all their sales, which I think is amazing. I'm not as good at pushing my sales as I should. So I'm trying to make notes in my newsletters. Like, okay, I know you send a motivation and you send a Constantine note. Every once in a while, you need to tell them, hey, here's the pre-order. And then be okay reminding them to buy the book. You can't just say it once, but it has to be in a way that doesn't come. That's all you're saying and be able to control the narrative. The good news is whatever technique you have in your newsletter, you can use the same one on your social media. If you don't know what to post on Facebook, like I do Motivation Mondays across the board. It gives you an instant post for Mondays. Like that's one day of the week. You know, you can do, I have now a weekly recap for my um, TikTok. So I know automatically if I'm going to post once, once a day, because I don't have the bandwidth to do more than that, I know those two posts are easy. I got the Monday and the Friday or Saturday. In between, I can talk about the books. You know, we talk about authors doing, you know, the three quarters of the rule, you know, talk about something three quarters of the time. And then the other quarter, you talk about selling the book. You can do it that way. It kind of gives you something different and it doesn't make you feel like I got to sell this book. You're sharing a little bit of what makes you smile and connecting with your people. 
Yeah, for sure. So how else are you getting out there? Like, I, you know, what are your thoughts on, say, writing articles for, you know, blogs or, uh, you know, putting yourself uh, out there onto other websites uh, where you, you can connect and build your sort of, uh, you know, your, your cachet as an author, you know, that sort of thing. I, it works really well for some people. I keep saying I'm going to do it. So I have memberships into Medium and Vocal. I'm like, I'm going to do this. And I make myself like every time like, I'm going to go and write an article. And then I find myself like, this is a lot more work than I thought. <laughs> I think it, it is, I, yeah. I can totally be honest because you're looking at a shorter medium. It is has to be a lot more impactful. I'm used to writing novels. So I get time to build something. You know, you get 60, 80,000 words. I can expand on a theme and be okay with it. When you're looking at 2000, you're like, I don't have enough time. Like, what is this? So what I recommend to people, if you enjoy the shorter medium, take advantage of it. I have been doing a lot of anthologies. So for the last five to six years, I have been collaborating in different people's anthologies. So I looked, somehow I, I was looking at myself. I'm like, I got 10 to 15 short stories and I'm doing nothing with it. But I had collaborated into different universes to kind of get that, you know, as Roland said, that exposure. I wanted to be able to kind of connect with different authors. So if you're trying to figure it out and magazines or shorter mediums are not your thing, look for an anthology, you know, sign up for an anthology. We're getting, I have a TikTok partner and I'm getting ready to start submit making. We're looking at doing a quarterly short story collection, specifically that is actually going to be out there forever. So people can pick it up. Everyone has going to have a theme, very magical in nature. But our goal was to make it that everybody that participated in this anthology gets a fair share. So we're looking at 10 authors or less. That way you get at least 10% of something, like anything less than that. I'm like, you didn't make any money. I'm sorry. So be able to kind of give back to our community as well as one of the things that we really enjoy and being able to connect with others. As an author, somebody asked me, how do you find these projects? Believe it or not, you make friends with all the authors and they'll invite you. How do you make, how do you approach an author and make friends with them? Here's the funny part is comment on their posts. Tell them that you like their stuff. Ask them a question. I have, I'm the person who truly believes when I don't know something, I will find somebody or hire them. So I have some incredible authors in my circle and I have called them up and say, I know you're super busy, but can I hire you for an hour to coach me on this? And they were like, girl, you're crazy. I was like, no, really, I'm willing to pay you. Can I take you to coffee? Can we do a virtual date? I need some help. Do you have some time? You'd be surprised how generous people are. People are just afraid to ask. Like, I have a rule that I'll give anybody, like, an hour of my time, anytime. Ask me, and if I can help, I'll do it. You might, I might not have the answers. You might not like what I say. But if you have a questions, because I have been so blessed with people giving me information. And it was been as easy as, like, you see somebody's post and you start following them. You start asking them questions. You connect. And then once you kind of get enough brave, you can ask them, like, hey, how do you get here? It is an amazing community of people who are willing to help each other once we realize we're not competing. Amazon makes you feel like you're competing with each other because there's only so many minutes of the day that people can find in books. And you feel like you're competing. As an author, I'm never going to write enough of anything to keep one savage reader filled. Not going to happen. Yes. Yes, I completely agree with that. We've talked about that before. It, people, authors, a lot of times do have that feeling like it's a competition and it, they have to like, 
you know, get as many of these readers and not tell people about other authors because it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, nobody reads one book, nobody reads one author, you know, they read all sorts of stuff. And if you're pushing them to other authors that read sort of the same thing and they're doing the same to you, you know, their readers are going to come to you just as your readers are going to come to them and, you know, readers talk as well. And, you know, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to, to try to be, you know, try to like, think that all your readers have to be just your readers. It doesn't, that's, it doesn't make any sense. One of the scariest things I've seen is when authors weaponize their readership against other authors, like that breaks my heart. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it a lot because it's that fear, it's that fear of scarcity. Like if you read somebody else, you're going to leave me. And then I'm not going to have these people. It's like most people read like three books a week. Like I'm a slow reader. Yeah. I, I have friends who read a book a day. I was like, no, you don't write 365 books. Why are we fighting here? And yeah. even somebody's reading a book a week, like you're not writing a book a week, so you still well, can't you still can't fill their their library, you know, personally. I know. I would say we've I've said it before, it's a rising tide helps all ships and I think we've definitely I mean I I think Craig and I would say we wouldn't have had the success we had in the industry without being part of a writers group. And so, and that seems to be a consistent message. The writers who do best make friends with other writers and, and help them out and everyone makes everyone's life better. You no longer feel alone. You don't feel like you're failing. You don't have all this imposter syndrome that so many of us have because you get to talk to other people. You get to understand where they're coming from. You also find out what works and you kind of figure out when some trends go away and you get to be on top of the trends without having to be on top of the drama. Absolutely. Yeah. And there is drama um, sometimes. There, well, yeah. And there are, I think what we need to do is focus on like the, the common enemies, right? Like authors should be banding together to, to go against people like Amazon and, and, and making sure that what they're doing is equitable and fair uh-huh. to authors, not fighting against each other, you know, to try to get the scraps that Amazon are giving us. We should try to increase those scraps. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But uh, okay, so uh, and then you you know you come on. I guess you do podcasts. I assume this isn't the only one you've ever done. Uh, so you, you get out there in other ways as well, right? I actually have my own podcast that I interview authors because awesome. dur- during the pandemic, I wanted something else to have a creator outflow, which is becomes really funny because my mother laughs at me. She's like, "You're promoting everybody else. When do you promote you?" I was like, "I promote me." She's like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, I think." Why are you judging? Like, you know, it's the thing you can do with your parents because you feel like they're judging. So it's called Inside the Minds of Authors. And it has given me an opportunity. Roland asks, how do I meet other authors? They come to your podcast and you talk to them. And they, I have become really good friends with some of the people that have come on the podcast. And she's introduced them to the world, introduced readers to it. And you become much more conscious of the fact that this is such a beautiful environment of authors who are just trying to share really good literature with people. And sometimes we're just kind of a little lonely, but want some friends. That's a friend you get it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. I I agree. Like, it's so nice to be able to talk to other people in the industry um, and just, 
have that conversation, which you can do without a podcast, but it sort of gives you the excuse to reach out to people. So it's not like a cold call, like, hey, you want to be my friend and talk to me? <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, want to come talk on the podcast, right? It just seems less, uh, <laughs> you know. It's less nerve-wracking. You don't have to yeah. have a whole speech. I'm like, hey, I like your book. Where you want to talk about it? And people feel a little less stressed. One of the things that I thought it was such a eye-opening experience, because when I started out, podcasts were not that hot like they were not as huge as they are now nobody wanted to talk to this little girl about this book that nobody knew about so it was such a like hard heel to meet people to meet influencers to talk to people that wanted to communicate i went i literally went to my local radio station i went to my local newspaper anybody that would talk to me you know spend a lot of time making these random like went to my chamber of commerce and be like hey can i be a member and can you send my books to your membership? Like, I know it's not a business book, but listen, can we do something? And I look for really outside the way, in the box, how to connect to people. So the podcast gave me an opportunity because even now that we have all these resources, it is still hard for a new author, especially if you're an indie author, to figure out, how do I tell people about this book? Does anybody want to hear about it? So I am so happy for TikTok. I'm so happy for like the book talk community because there are, Millions of people, they are talking about books and they want to hear about it. Granted, once again, it feels like Amazon. You're competing to get eyeballs on your video. But once you get that community going, community doesn't have to be 10,000 people. It can be 500 of really amazing people talking about books. Like, that's beautiful. I mean, that is TikTok's being a game changer, hasn't it? Oof. It has put stores like Barnes & Noble's that were getting ready to close back on the map. Like yeah. Barnes and Nobles has like a book talk corner. Like my books a million has a book talk table. You know, it doesn't have an Amazon. It doesn't have an Instagram table. It has a book talk table. You have authors who are out of the blue are killing it because they embrace the medium. They became authentic. The beautiful thing about book talk and, you know, TikTok as a whole, it doesn't have to be as polished as everything else. It doesn't look as polished as YouTube. It doesn't look as polished as Instagram. It's very raw. It's very in your face. And you're going, woof, that's intense. But it's real and people are connecting and readers are making these connections and they're talking about their favorite books. They're talking about what excites them. They're talking about what makes them smile. You're going, it's such an amazing place for authors. Once we embrace it as what it is, it's a playground for people to talk books. What's wrong with that? That's and that's the secret though, isn't it? When you get to chat to people, like with the best parts of being a, a writer as a career are when you get to write and you get to talk to people about the stuff that you're passionate about. Oof, every day. It's amazing. So unfortunately, we are starting to run out of time. So we're gonna have to, to cut this short. But what a fascinating discussion. I'm I have got a lot out of this personally. I've been thinking like I write about a motorcycle club and I keep thinking I, I need to go and go to all these motorbike shows that I go to anyway. Every <laughs> Sunday morning, I drag my kids to classic car shows and motorbike shows and they're like, Dad, it's just more cars. I'm like, I should have a stand here. I should be selling my books. You all should. Yeah. yeah. Or you um, should be asking questions and tell them, hey, I write books. Can you talk to me? And then they'll yeah. tell everybody and you'd be the celebrity author that writes about them. Absolutely. I thought you were saying you were dragging your kids to motorcycle bars, but it's better that it wasn't that. <laughs> oh, no, not on weekends. I do that during the week. <laughs> um, but so where can everyone find out more about DC Gomez? Where can they find your books? Where can they find your podcast? Where can we find your podcast? We might tune into that. 
the easiest way is to check, check out my website. I tell everybody it's like the highway system in Texas is always under construction. So I always try to keep it updated. So check out dcgomez-author.com. It has links to my socials. It has my podcast. It does have like where I'm going to be next. It also has an email. Like if, you, if you're old school like me, like email, send me an email. I actually do reply. Not I remember many. emails. I know. Nobody believes in them. So you can still <laughs> connect that way. Uh, well, we will, of course, pop uh, a link to that uh, website down below. And uh, you know what? While you're whether you're watching this on YouTube, whether you're listening uh, as a podcast, go down and drop a comment and let uh, let DC Gomez know how much you have appreciated Aww. everything that she shared with us. We'd really love that. While you're down there, there's a subscribe button. If you haven't clicked that already, give that a tap. There's a little bell notification. So you get notified every time uh, a new episode of Fully Booked comes along. Craig, any final words before we sign off? Just, you know, thanks so much for coming on and talking to us. I think, you know, this is such an important topic and a lot of authors don't really pay attention to the idea of that personal connection and what it can really do for their own careers if they can get out there even if it's not an event, but in other ways um, to make that connection with the author, besides just saying, here's a new book, here's a new book, here's a new book. You know, it's, it's really, really super important. And um, I think you've laid out all the reasons why in a, in a great way. So thanks again for coming on. Oh, gentlemen, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. I really had a blast. Thank you so much. Oh, well, so did we. We really enjoyed having you. Thank you so much for joining us, DC Gomez. And everybody who's watching or listening, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate the support. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Fully Booked. Until then, stay tuned.